0: Hello, people of Earth, and welcome to Hotline Monday for Monday, the 12th of September 2016. I'm Scott Johnson with Justin Robert Young. Hello, Justin. Hey, Scott. Hey, What's man. going on? Hey, uh, I'll tell you what's going on. You and I were really busy the last two weeks, and it made it so you one of us was either flying or doing another show, and we couldn't do Hotline Monday, and people said, well, what happened? And I said, well, if you follow us on Twitter, we told you it happened, but that's okay, but we're back, and here it is, and we got live listeners, hopefully callers, and it's me and you sitting here like a couple of guys at a party getting ready to get wasted on the weird weed your friend brought. <laughs> no?
1: Sure, yeah. All right. No, I'm into it. All I'm right. down with it. All right. You're down uh, for whatever. Uh, How are you? Man, I'm doing great. great. Uh, this is, you know, it's a busy time. Got a lot of irons in the fire.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? Yeah. Trying to figure stuff out. hmm And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be back here. This is I think we've mentioned before. I think this is is very much a it's a loose show by design. Mm-hmm. It includes the audience by design. Yep. Because I think it's a, it's it's almost it if it is to succeed, it is a release for both of us,
0: yeah. right? Yeah. It's so a way to will just unload. Just check it out. We can
1: hang out, talk to the audience, talk to each other, yep. have a good time. I'm very, it feels like being back home doing this show, Aww. so I'm very excited.
0: Okay, now when you go back home, a lot of people, this isn't a good transition, uh, t- take this Tom Merritt, who's usually better at those, uh, when you're at home by yourself, sometimes you think, man, I've got like eight hours to kill on a Sunday, and yeah. I just want to rip through me some, some TV binge style I live in the era of Netflix, Hulu, and whatnot, and I want to just get myself all the way through that house of cards from top to bottom. Let's start right here. And then sometimes the question begs, what is the best stuff to binge through? Is it worth binging through all of house of cards?
1: Well, well, here's here's my question. How does the variable, uh, either from a week to five seconds, right? Mm -hmm. How does that affect the art itself? Mm. are there some shows that are unaffected by binge watching mm-hmm. there's some shows that are better are there some shows that are worse because i think we've all you know binge watching really started with netflix yep, right yep, yep. i mean like probably that there was the nascent sort of like dvd culture of like oh well i gotta i want to catch up on the show that everybody's talking about so i'll borrow my friend's dvds or i'll buy the dvds and i'll rip through
0: them Right. Yeah, or the odd, you know, on the weekend there'd be a marathon of some sort you might be interested yeah. in. But yeah, uh,
1: but then it really became kind of cultural currency with Netflix, mm-hmm. where just so easy on your uh, on your box or or on the TV to just like bah, 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 we're gonna knock all of it. I guess on demand too help with that. Sure, a little. Uh, but I don't know whether or not. I mean, we've all been in this. We've all been there. You watch three seasons of something, right? And now you're caught up and now you're doing the week-to-week shuffle like the rest of us. Mm -hmm. And you're like, wow. Either I don't like this show as much week-to-week or maybe I like it more that I can savor it a little bit more.
0: So uh, Game of Thrones is that way for me. Just to throw out a quick early example, uh, I would prefer to digest and talk with my friends during the week and know that, Something new is coming next week that none of us have seen yet. So nobody can be way ahead because their schedule's easier and they can just fit all this stuff in. Uh, I don't feel like I have to cram. I want to kind of savor it and take my time. I don't think it's a bad show to binge in retrospect, meaning if you've never watched it and you start with season one and you just go, I think that's fine. But-
1: I think it almost might be too dense, though. Mm-hmm. I remember when when Ashley was catching up with Game of Thrones, she had like two seasons to watch there, maybe three seasons to watch there. And it was every episode. Mm -hmm. I was getting a call. I was getting a text. Wait, why is the one guy with the long hair doing the thing? (laughs) And it's like, oh, well, he's the guy that does it. You you remember there was the episode. Oh, yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Back to watching. Hour later. Hey, why is the lady having sex with the other guy? I thought he was not the the first guy. He was the second. No, no, no. You're you're, you're mixing them up. So it almost might be too much. Now, here's one. That I, I think, uh, you know, is more of something that was better to binge watch that was lost. I think any show. Whoa,
0: sorry, I don't know why auto video is playing on this website, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> I, I I don't. I think that there are episodes or there are shows that have very bad seasons that are better to binge watch. They 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 are more palatable.
0: But on but on the flip side, there's absolutely examples of stuff that is worse if you binge it as opposed to watching it or waiting to watch it. Like and what? Well, I'll, get, I'll throw out a quick example that's just in my head right now because I can't think of anything else and because my wife is doing it again in preparation for the reboot of the series. Okay. Uh, hearing me say that, many at home may already be guessing, yes, it's Gilmore Girls. Yeah. And she's been watching it like crazy. She loved the original run of the show. Even like the seasons where What's-Her-Name Palladino wasn't running the show. Amy and Sherman Palladino? She's the one. And uh, bad writing, I thought, and horrible character treatment happened during those seasons. But she was still a stalwart through all of that. So she's seen the thing like two times over. And that was before, well, no, once when it was live and on TV, again on Netflix for the first time. And now again, she's binging, watching probably two episodes a night. To get through seven seasons, so that she's ready for the return of the show on Netflix. Yeah, uh, when they do their little reunion, God
1: forbid she be caught unprepared.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's what I said, and she says, "Whatever, I like it." So I'm letting her have her thing; it's fine. Uh, But not that I'm in a position to let her do anything. She'll do whatever. I mean, it's Kim, guys. Yeah, no, yeah, we all know. Um, But anyway, so she she's doing that, and I think it's kind of terrible binging it. I think it exposes a lot of sort of. The, the things that make something like Seinfeld strong to binge watch or The Simpsons or Futurama a strong contender, not just because they're comedies, but as a thing to watch. Star Trek's a good example. TNG's a good example. Because those shows all represent, relatively speaking, with a few exceptions, self-contained episodes. From beginning to end, villain of the week, that sort of thing. There's yeah. no big overarching story. And in the case of the comedies, it's just a bunch of bits centered around an idea and then they move on to the next one. So we find ourselves pulling at random from those shows. We'll watch a Futurama here and a random season five Seinfeld episode there. And we'll do that, me and the kids mostly, because that's how that stuff can be enjoyed. And it works in its favor to be kind of random. So you don't have to feel like you got to start an episode and work your way through in a certain linear order. But in the case of Gilmore Girls, it's supposed to be linear. There's lots of story arc happening. And you'd think that'd be a good show to binge on. And again, this is just my opinion. But I feel like Week to week, they would lose a lot of their threads. So when I would see it back to back with Kim, I'm like, well, wait, he was just saying the thing. Why is he all sudden just fine? Or that girl was all upset last episode. Now she's happy as rain. Um, they've got the other, other parts of the story with the through line it's still working just fine. But I think people forget when they had to wait a week or sometimes with an extended break before they got to catch up again and didn't have some sort of leftover remnant they could go rewatch or rewind real quick and see. I think they forgot. So there's lots of that in that show. And again, that show, you know, whatever. It's probably not even made for me, but but there are parts of it I enjoy.
1: I'll cape no, I'll, I'll, I'll up I'll, I'll keep up for Gilmore Girls.
0: All right. All right. I feel a little better now. Yeah. I'm going to admit it now. I'm really I really like no, I'm just kidding. It's fine. It's fine show. It's a fine show. But there are times where you're just like, okay, that doesn't have any kind of continuity in a show that's supposed to be all about continuity, or at least partially about continuity. So So, that to me is a bad example, or an example of a a show that I don't think is nearly as binge worthy as it used to be. Um, Before we move on to the next one, we got a caller. Let's take this one real quick. Uh, Hi, Jeannie, you're there?
2: Good. I'm here. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? Good. Um, I actually have two shows that I think are really good to binge watch, completely different. All right. First one, Battlestar Galactica. I've seen Battlestar Galactica probably about four times now, Mm -hmm. and I love it every time.
0: All right. I can't disagree and with that one so far. You got me there. Justin, you agree?
2: Yeah. Yeah, Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> all right. That that's how I watched it's it. It's a good one. And second one, Parks and Rec.
0: Yeah, that one's pretty good.
1: So all right. So let's let's get into the comedy question. Let's let's understand that there are just shows that are 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 great, right? Right. Right. So Battlestar Galactica. Great. Just a great show uh, uh and has that element of lingering, if not building, tension. And that might be something that we're hitting on right now. Mm -hmm. Is that like, Battlestar Galactica, will they find Earth? Will the Cylons among them kill them? Mm -hmm. Like, those are central premises of the show. They're an issue on episode one. They're an issue in the last episode. Uh, This is something that continually builds, and we are always kind of closer or farther away from it, along with whatever other bumps in the road that come there. But you always, uh, in general you have that hope, that lingering hook to be like, oh, wait, is he going to find the thing? Let's watch (laughs) the next episode, which is so essential to the binge watching experience. Yeah. Let me ask you this. Comedies. Yeah. Because I will say there is a comedy that I adore. Might be one of the funniest comedies I've ever seen. I've laughed harder at scenes from this than maybe anything else. Curb your enthusiasm. Oh,
0: yeah. Show's great. I can't
1: watch more than two episodes in a row.
0: <laughs> okay. All right. Now there's a good example. Too much of why. a good thing, right? What's because, the deal?
1: Because kind of famously, they use the same plot structure every yeah. episode. Yeah. The first scene, Larry's talking to somebody, mentions some comment. We we get to to know he's gotta like go to a thing or pick up a thing or he wants a thing, right? Then <laughs> Screws somebody over in the first 10 minutes, right? Screws up whatever thing he wanted. And then, of course, it ends with the person for whom he screwed over early, you know, being in a position of power over him. Mm -hmm. Right? That sounds about right. Same thing. Every episode. (laughs) Brilliant. Just brilliant. There's, I don't know if there's a show, there's a scene in a comedy that's been funnier than him and uh, uh, critiquing and becoming friends with Crazy Eyes Killer. Uh, uh, at Wanda Sykes' barbecue uh, on that show. Might be one of the funniest scenes ever. But again, I can't do more than two in a row. Bad binge-watch show. Mm.
0: That's interesting. Uh, I would argue that another good example of that you could maybe say is is Seinfeld, given its similar structure. And of course, you know, Larry David, famously co-producer and writer on that show. But yep. um, it works a little easier for me uh, to well, see.
1: there's more there. Yeah, there's right. more there. Curb Your Enthusiasm is very formulaic because everything else is improv. Yeah. They just lay out the bare bones and they use a lot of the same kinds of plots to then hang these improv-y scenes on. That right? might
0: explain why it's been hard for me to binge that show because I tried to start it and watched a bunch because I was late to the game on that stuff. Didn't have HBO during its heyday. And so mm-hmm. started to watch it. I know there's more coming, so I wanted to kind of catch up. And it's hard for me to get through. Well, like you say, about two. And then I'm like, ooh, OK. I ask you this. Yeah.
1: This might be a little controversial. All right. Are is is binge watching comedies just kind of like eating potato chips. Like they're <laughs> comfort but they're kind of empty calories, right? And it wouldn't really matter if you ate nutritionally, yeah. it would not matter if you ate a bunch of them in a row aside from, you know, you uh, I guess we're starting to lose the metaphor here, but follow me. Uh, like it wouldn't matter if you watch them in now or forever from from when you watched uh, another episode they're going to be the same thing. They're going to be either funny or they're not, right?
0: I mean, I'm going to say that that's true in some cases, but in some cases not. There are, there are certain shows I consider to be kind of perfect. Like, okay, I'll give you an example. I cannot watch reruns of of Family Guy, even though there are plenty of Family Guy episodes where I laugh. Okay. Yeah. But I don't like reruns of the show. It's not infinitely watchable. I can watch Futurama anytime, anywhere, any episode. Uh, I can do that with Seinfeld, and I can do that with... Um, Parks and Rec is close for me. The office, uh, the British Office, does that for me. Oh, and uh, Faulty Towers, the old uh, John Cleese show he did in the seventies. These, these
1: are these are you can or you cannot. These
0: are ones I can. Yeah, uh, I can watch them anytime, anywhere, no problem. Look forward to it, not a problem. And I would call them more than comfort food. I would call them structurally almost perfect in the sense that that they still feel they still feel funny, even if it's just familiar, and you're not laughing this time there's just something great about the way it was constructed or whatever. There's just a certain quality to certain things. It's like movies. I can watch Raiders of the Lost Ark a hundred thousand times. I can watch Serenity a billion times and not get tired of it. I can watch the first Avengers movie a number of times and not get tired of it, but I cannot watch Age of Ultron more than once and I probably will never see that one again. And why? I don't know. There's something there. It's like a little weird underpinning uh, thing or an outer carapace that holds it together and makes it something special. But I'm going to agree with you in principle, though. Most comedies... Uh, are going to be like that. And if it's something I haven't seen, then I'll enjoy it my first time through. But most of the time, like if you wanted me to go watch Friends again, no thanks. I can't do it. And that doesn't mean I didn't like Friends. I totally did. But I don't think Friends is but watcher. You
1: want, you, want, you want edited Friends. Yeah. You want- yeah. yeah. You want Because, like, listen, they were doing, like, what, 25 episodes, 26 episodes a year, right? That's
0: half the year. Yeah.
1: Half the year had new friends. Hey, I want to talk about a binge show?
2: Yeah, sure. What do you got? I want to talk about The uh, The Simpsons being the best show to binge of all time.
0: I agree, but what happens when you hit... um, Okay, so let me make something clear here before I ask you this question. I am not a Simpsons hater. I'm not one of those guys that think the show lost its way. I actually think they're making some of their funniest stuff in the last couple of seasons. They're doing really great work. They're just old and people who have had like big generational shifts in their lives have a hard time sticking with it. I totally get it. But I was there when the first episode happened when I was 20, and I'm here now to say I still love the show. So uh, all of that being said, there is a period of time, probably seasons 9 through 13, let's say, that were a little rough. Do you do okay through all of that? Are you saying all of it's good, or you just have a certain range? Like, what's your what's your what's your flavor there?
2: Well, I'll tell you why the reason it's good is because the whole is better than the sum of the parts. So you got all these shows. All, you could literally watch—I think it was 40 full days nonstop of watching The Simpsons, or 16 days, whatever it was. So you know, you watch it before you go to sleep. You can watch four or five hours of it a night and have that for like as long as you possibly want. So you skip past a couple of the bad ones. There's so many good ones that it's just not even worth complaining about the bad ones.
0: Do you start dreaming in Homer and that kind of stuff? Everyone looks yellow, like all that when you do it too long.
2: That was happening before I started watching. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so wait, hold on though. Uh, and 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 uh, well, well, thank you. All right. So so that by the way, that was Ben uh, uh, Young, Young Ben Ratner, who uh, who was uh, one of the uh, the BitTorrent news crew. when We were at the convention. Oh, is
0: that who that was?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, No. so thank you so much for calling in, Ben, and I would like to say that your opinion's dumb. Um, (laughs) I, I, well, I mean, because here's my question about that, though. Yeah. Like, what are we defining as binge watching? Like, because to me, binge watching is like, if you go six episodes, Mm -hmm. and I'm going to say seven or six hours. Okay. You're happy. Yeah. That's a great binge watch. That's like a day, right? That's one of those lazy Saturdays. Those uh, For those of you in the Northeast that I'm sure now you're really excited about summer ending, guess what? Winter's (laughs) coming, homie. And that means you're going to get a lot of these days where you're knocking out six hours of something on Netflix. That means 12 episodes of The Simpsons. Yeah. You guys are in bed for 12 episodes for The Simpsons?
0: All right. I'm going to agree with you and say that that stuff's best consumed in fits and bursts where you don't really care if it's halfway through when you started and you don't really care if you had to quit early. You just like it while it's on and you're trying to go to bed or the kids are still up and you're just trying to keep everyone entertained or whatever. And it's a good time. is how I treat Futurama. It's how I treat a lot of, honestly, animated comedies, to be honest. That's kind of like the thing for those things. So, But it's not the same as, I got to know what happens to F- Elliot next week or in this next episode of season one of, of Mr. Robot. I have to know so I stay up for the next hour and go, oh, my gosh, well, I can't quit now. Like, yeah. That's a special brand uh, of binging. The other well, thing is let's,
1: just. Let's, let's go ahead and get a, a understood definition for the rest of this conversation because right, Free right. Rangers in the chat room says, I'd say binge watching is three or more episodes a day. That's fine. I'm good for that as a baseline. Yeah. I'm binge watching this show. However, if you're going to say this is a great binge watch, I don't think it's unreasonable to say that you should be happy at the end of six hours.
0: <laughs> I think that's a fair, that's a probably like a that, fair. That's, thing. That's,
1: that's the rare air that the best binge watching shows
0: yeah. are. That's how I felt when I binge watched um, Deadwood. And I started at the top. I started at the bottom. Now we're here. No, I started at the top and I worked my ass through that show in such succession that I couldn't stop until it was done. Like, yeah. If it's if it's a. Sh- so that's what we're asking. What are the shows that do that to us? Or what are the ones where like halfway through second episode? go, Oh, this will wait until tomorrow. Because is that your defining characteristic? If you're not willing to like be an unhealthy adult and stay up till three
1: well, here's here. I mean, number one, a great binge watch is going to push you to that like, oh my god, it's what? Or or you're you start doing that like that math in your head where it's like, oh, I mean, all right. So it's twelve thirty now. It'll be one fifteen when the next episode's over. Let's say I skip the gym in the morning and <laughs> just go right to work.
0: I've done. This. Should be fine, yeah. right? Yeah, I've done this recently. Actually, Mr. Robot is partially responsible. Let's take a call real quick and see what's up. Hey, who's this? Actually, Mr. Robot is partially responsible. Uh, uh, hey, this is Paul, Paul in Omaha. I can still hear a stream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. I uh, got you're it. fine. You're fine. Who's this? Who's that again?
2: It's Paul in Omaha. Hey, Paul in Omaha. What's going on? Um, Nothing. I, I missed uh, the last minute or so of what you guys were saying, but uh, I wanted to offer an opinion on uh, best and worst, if that's what we're still yeah, talking abso- about. Yeah, absolutely. What do you got? Okay, uh, so Uh, I want to say worst, Scott, you were kind of talking about this earlier, uh, but I think this slightly different point is I think that the worst are long form dramas that were not specifically created for uh, streaming because they, you uh, you tend to notice the filler. It's not so much the continuity for me. It's how much stinking filler there is in those shows that are just killing time and so and So from week to week, and they have a, a story that could be told in streaming format in three hours, but they've got it stretched over 24 hours.
0: So episodes. it kind of it goes but, back to, to, to uh, don't go anywhere, but it goes, it goes back to Jerry's point about they had 25 episodes to fill a year. Like, X-Files was an amazing show, but they had to cram 24 episodes into a year for seven years, nine years, well, whatever but it was. Even,
1: but even then, X-Files almost ages better, and I don't think it's a great binge-watch show, but I think it does age a little bit better because at least they had built into their secret sauce, yeah. I think, why it's still loved, that idea that like, hey, instead of just having a dumb episode where Mulder and Scully are kind of doing a similar thing to another better episode we're going to do later just so we can fill time, <laughs> mm-hmm. just do a BSI totally crazy uh tone is different than the rest of the series one-off monster of the week kind of thing
0: Mm -hmm. yeah no Mm. but they would do they would also just have some garbage in there because again they have this huge thing to fill so now today
1: but they took chances sure as opposed to just making shooting it closer to where it would normally
0: right but i would say yeah that's a good point there's there's less chance taking today i think probably given the limited schedules but a cable show that goes 10 episodes or a bingeable or a uh, excuse me full season of something Netflix puts up like Narco season 2 which I'm pretty stoked to get into cuz I love the first season. Uh they they have 10 episodes. They got to tell their story in a concise 10 episodic way, not 25 and put a bunch of padding in. So caller, my point is, I think you make a really good point. They pad the hell out of shows or at least you know, especially in the past and maybe that's why my Gilmore Girls thing sticks out for me because there is some pad in there. Like big time pad, like thick pad. All right. You had another thought. Go ahead.
2: Oh, just the the inverse of that being that I, I think the best shows to watch are the ones that are not ongoing series. So your things like Fargo or uh, Stranger Things or something like that. where Well, I got Stranger Things to get in second season, aren't they? Yeah. But uh, yeah. things that, are, that tell an entire story or like an American horror story, something like that, mm-hmm. where I have a finish line in sight because I really I really hate the whole binge watching phenomenon i am being dragged kicking and screaming into it. But I like knowing that if I really work at it, I can be done with this in uh, a week or 10 days rather than it could go on forever. Yeah, I don't, you can I'm see ne- I the finish to watch line. Breaking Bad Cause there's like 5,000 episodes. To oh, it. it's so good oh, though. Oh, oh, but, but
1: here I actually had, I tapped out on a show that I'm sure I would love, which is community oh. it's right up my wheelhouse. Yeah. Love all the actors in it. Love Dan Harmon. But yet, I'll, I'll get two or three episodes in, and I'll just look at all those episodes, and I'm like, ah, oh, that's, that's a lot.
2: That's a lot. <laughs>
1: yeah. Now, now I will say, Breaking Bad, The Wire, the, 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 that is a common thing. It's like, oh, man, do I really want to commit? It's like getting into a relationship, right? Where you we, we were like, you feel bad <laughs> if you broke up like mm-hmm. before the end of it. Mm-hmm. Like it's like a it's definitely a thing, but like those shows are kind of designed to be addictive. Although even then, do you guys do this thing where I do this with the Wire, where it's like, hey, listen, just you gotta give it like seven episodes because mm-hmm. they start
0: kind of slow. They start slow, sure. See, I don't think Breaking Bad does that. I think that's one worth looking at. But then you you're you're right in that you're looking at even if it's ten episodes a season, you're looking at what was that six six seasons? Well, one was cut in half, but. But yeah, you're, you're still looking at 60 episodes. I like your Fargo example. That's like going, hey, Fargo, you're basically making me watch five movies if you just want to do the math. Yeah. It's five <laughs> movies. It's pretty self-contained. And While there are hooks to the previous season and to the movie still, they're small and not crucial. So looking at that big pile of TV is a much easier proposition. And I think that might be why I've come around on anthology television as well. And I think Fargo's an incredible freaking show and I can't wait for the next season. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I'm faced with this new problem. I binged the first two. I can't wait this time. I can't do the whole, I'm going to wait till it's all up somewhere. I'm going to have to buy that freaking season as it goes.
1: Here's where, here's where you go. And this is, both of them are, both of these phenomenons are of their modern age. One is the binging, where you can just watch everything all at once, right? The other is for the shows that you are obsessed with, There is now just a bounty of media, interactive and otherwise, for you to to be with your fellow friends who are also upset that there has to be a week. And all they want to do is indulge to exactly your specifications of how much you want to talk about it, how much you want to discuss the issues, how much you want to discuss the themes, how much you want to discuss your theories. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, and that's something I where I think a show that is lesser is House of Cards. House of Cards, which is odd because it was like one of the, 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 the poster boys of, of the Netflix original revolution, yep. I think is better as a show where people had a chance to guess, oh, well, who's, gonna, who's playing who? Uh, uh, how is this going to work out? Is, is he burning the, the, the wick at both ends? Uh, has he finally crossed over the line? Is he now totally unsympathetic? I think it would be better for that show.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Call, uh, what's on your mind? What do you think?
2: Hey, I was just telling Colin because I have rediscovered shows like Enterprise and Deep Space Nine mm-hmm. and they're fun to binge because they are there and there's no time limit and you can enjoy them all at once. I, I any, agree, but reversed. do you, do you find
0: yourself like? How are you getting past that theme song in Enterprise? Are you just skipping? Oh,
2: like, I sk- I fast forward. That's what the uh, Netflix fast forward's all about.
0: It's such a sad piece of business. But I'll tell you what. You're right. Like, there's so much discoverability now. We we're it's an embarrassment of riches. We need to admit that kind of in this conversation somewhere that Duh. none of this is a problem. Like all of this is bounteous and out of control. Oh,
1: no, I think really this is this is the question of you know in 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 the Marshall McLuhan-y, uh of way of thinking where the medium is the message. Yeah. How much does now that we can see it in two different mediums where we can either watch all of it together or we can wait week by week, week by week, how does that affect the art?
0: Right. Right. That's it, that's the bigger question. I want to get to that in a second, but I do want to address your Star Trek thing caller real quick. By the way, who is this? I didn't okay. give you a chance to say your this, name. This is Hammond. Ha- oh, Hamland, I knew it sounded familiar. How's it going, dude? Usually hey, you call I like on the
1: nice Dragon Ton. You, used, smart, you are, you
0: are a, 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 a king among men. He's a saint. But when you, uh, your voice is so different on a phone. Anyway, uh, what was I going to say? This, uh, I was going to make this point. Star Trek, like go to me when I'm, I don't know, 19 and say, yo, Scott, what's up? And I'd say, oh, I'm doing all right. I I'm really like Star Trek. Uh, so, you know, in the future, you're going to be able to go to a service and watch a high definition version of this show anytime you feel like it all the time you can fast forward rewind try different episodes do whatever you want i wouldn't have believed that person i would have thought a crazy person broke into the house like what an amazing thing it is like even just start if all you said to me was star trek tng was available in all of its seven seasons as a thing i could access any given time of the day anytime i want i would i'd be in heaven and so look, the best yeah. part
2: about that, though, is that I can pick and choose episodes to show my wife or my kids to kind of get them picked up. So we don't have to sit through all the bad episodes. I can show them the good ones, get them picked, and then go back. Yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you
1: no, can. No, 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 no. Because that that disqualifies it as being a good binge watch show. Ah, no.
0: no, no. Ah, yes, ah, yes okay. it kind of <laughs> does actually. Good point. I mean, but 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 all right. But the a broad definition of binge could be. Hammond's right, going sorry, to, you could say Hammond's gonna binge on the fifteen best Star Trek episodes. That's still kind of a binge
1: what well, I mean no, but but we are looking at these and listen, a part of it is it, it is unfair for these shows that were created in a broadcast television era where they were only going to be shown uh the, in, you know the 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 vast majority of how they were going to be seen was on original broadcast TV right yeah, yeah. and then home video blew up, so maybe some really forward-thinking creators were thinking about home video as well. And then the internet happened, and so now people were paying more attention, and then the internet became the dominant form of how to uh, put stuff out, and now people are creating art that is specifically there to be binged,
2: right? Right, right.
1: But I do think that we we gotta be fair. If you're skipping episodes, and part of the reason why you're excited about it is so you can skip episodes, it dings its overall score as a binge watching show, yes. because to me the the platonic ideal of judging a binge watching show is you're watching it for the first time, and if you hit two or three episodes that in the you know it, you know coming up you know when you were to rewatch it you'd skip, I think that dings it.
0: Yeah, I think you're probably right, uh, Peter <laughs> Fisher. Uh, where are you out on yeah. binging? What's your favorite show to binge, and what do you think? Well, most of the Marvel things on. Netflix are good to binge, but a good one about uh, that was a network
2: show would be Babylon 5. Oh yeah because there's there's a storyline that goes from the first movie to the last
1: episode of the of the whole thing mm-hmm. so they're, they're, each episode is self-contained, but there's through lines through it that pay off five years later
0: I, I would totally agree and by the way this has not happened yet and hopefully it will happen soon uh for a lot of people who missed it the first time around but um the expanse which is getting a second season though delayed on sci-fi uh its first season was incredible it drove me to buy the books and read those i liked it so much and the way uh
1: the essay Corey correct yeah
0: s-a-r it say his name? whatever it is yeah of, of the Vive and wake stuff and uh Yes, yeah, so The Leviathan Wakes is the first book, and I'm on the second one now, and I forget what it's called. But anyway, uh, loved every second of it. Loved the casting, loved the way it was handled. I ended up loving the books. like It's like a whole new universe for me to be way into, and I'd love it. Uh, so I watched the first half of that season binge style because I was behind, and I bought all the episodes on iTunes or Amazon or something, and I watched them all straight. And then I then did week to week until it finished out that season. Yeah. And it was acutely... uh obvious to me that this would be the perfect binge show because I think that one of the tests is when you're done and you're caught up and now you're waiting for a show like that yeah how are you feeling and if you're feeling some withdrawal symptoms that's a bingeable show like if you really jones in for the next one the way I am about Mr. Robot right now is out of control it's all I think about I cannot wait for Wednesday Um, and we're going to talk about that in a minute but is that the highest uh, is that the big litmus test? Is that yeah. I miss it so bad I can't it's stand got,
1: it? Because it's got that momentum. Yeah. Right? It's got that, oh, I got to see the next thing. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't hear. I'll tell you. Uh, let me give you a comedy that I did binge watch.
0: All right. The Larry Sanders show. Oh, yeah. That show is. And that's one of those I can watch over and over and over, too. It's so good.
1: Where the Larry Sanders show was had these general overarching plots but that's another rare one where it's like so many people involved in that so many just like uh, uh, uh Gary Shandling's just the Gary Shandlingness <laughs> of it all was just like he's just somebody who has a personality you can just spend a lot of time around
0: mm-hmm.
1: because it's that, that kind of like uh eh, like a like easygoing sort of thing but he's also really he's like low key funny yeah. like is is And then you have these great sort of orbiting characters that are also fantastic. So, uh, yeah, Arrested Development. Arrested Development, for real. When I go to sleep and I'm on the road, because Ashley doesn't tolerate me playing loud things while she's trying to sleep, because she's not the same way. Right. I will go to sleep watching either a Quentin Tarantino movie or Arrested Development.
0: Yeah. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Hold on, the Tarantino thing threw me for a loop. Oh no! Yeah.
1: Or dust till dawn. Dust till dawn's one of my. Well, that, that's another one that I'll go to sleep to, all, all right. the
0: time. Arrested Development gets a lot of play here for the same reason. That is something people sleep to in our house, and I. I don't know why, but it. it never is not funny. Always rewatchable. I even think the new stuff's okay if you watch it binge format. Ooh, which is an important. I also point.
1: just like I, I have to watch that because. I can't watch anything new or else I'd never go to sleep. Yeah. I, I need to know every line and everything yeah. so I can go to sleep.
0: It's a friend who's next to you, you know, putting their fingers through your hair making you fall asleep. I totally get it. You know, like yeah. friends do. Uh, chat room or chat room. Hi, phone caller, who are you? What's your <laughs> name?
2: This is Jordan from Missouri.
0: Jordan from Missouri. Uh, what's on your mind? What do you think about all this?
2: Um, I've been binge watching uh, Mr. Robot mm-hmm. like past three or four days. Mm-hmm. Dude, that show is
0: Perfect vintage watch. Yeah. Now that yeah, I was just using it as my example of like I miss it so bad.
1: All right, here we're 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 going to get into it. It might actually be time. Actually, even...
0: it is time. Should we get into it? Let's get into it, Mister right, Robot. Well, here,
1: ladies and gentlemen, uh, you can find me at Justin R Young uh, on Twitter, uh, stickers or D I A F if you would like to get our sticker pack uh, that was all illustrated by Carter Johnson. Seven stickers for five dollars, sent to you mm-hmm. anywhere in the world. Yep. Uh, go ahead and check it out. Stickers or DIAF.com.
0: All right. Here's uh, oh my stuff. There's so much going on. Just follow me at Scott, Scott Johnson. I got too many projects. It's all happening. Help, help. It's happening. All right. Here's our theme for spoilers. It's a little political this time. I don't know why. Um, oh, that was like that was royal. <laughs> it kind of was. Uh, so, all right,
1: so here from here on out, we're talking about Mr. Robot spoilers. If you don't want Mr. Robot spoilers, you have five, four, three, two, one.
0: We're into spoiler. Territory. Yep, we are. It's uh, Mr. Robot, the show that uh, made me think that USA is more than Gilbert Gottfried yelling up all night. Uh, it is a incredible show, perhaps the best series on TV. Uh, if it was, if it wasn't for the fact, I mean, I, I'd have a real hard time saying that it wasn't Fargo given Fargo's amazingness, but Fargo's an anthology and I kind of consider it in a different category. So I guess good for both sides, but, uh, in, in, in some ways there's a lot here that's kind of tied to Fargo or the reasons I like them both, I think are kind of on display here. Anyway, Mr. Robot is amazing and it's, uh, it just consumed me for the first season even more so for the second season. Some of the weird mind blowing twists are still giving keep me up at night. Uh the the hacker technology or the the approach to, to technology itself is one of the most refreshing things I've ever seen on TV in that we're still in a very fantasy world of of fiction yeah. here. Yet all this shit makes sense and they're using, you know, real uh terminal commands and actual products that exist and hacking into things that are real and And making just adding this weird realism to the show, I didn't expect, and not in a product placement kind of way. Um, In fact, most of the time, this stuff's you know, it's kind of pejoratively used. Uh, You don't want to know what your Android phone is capable of doing, you don't want to know what your iPhone's capable of doing, or any of those things. Yet, they're pretty open about that stuff.
1: I can tell you for a fact that uh, two of the products that are used by F Society, the the, the pineapple and the rubber ducky, were not paid for by Hack (laughs) Five. Just got that stuff from Hack Five,
0: yeah uh, and used it there's an authenticity there that I really appreciate, um, so all that being said, I don't even know where to start. uh the dark army stuff is killing me, I gotta know what's going on. I need to get some resolution on that restaurant shooting last week, uh freaking the I don't even know where to start, Justin, where do you start with a show like this?
1: uh it's, it's so as good. As- Has all right. Has there ever been a greater show to your memory that had an unreliable narrator?
0: um, Also, I have a real problem with most narrations. There are only two two exceptions for me. Yeah. The the good Scorsese movies. uh, Like Goodfellas or whatever. I love narration in those movies. Uh, And I and then this like that's it. I hate the rest. The rest are all weird trope people. And, and and and
1: forget even just the voice, the actual like, you know, like this is me. I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Like kind of narration mm-hmm. to it.
0: Mm-hmm. No, it's just different.
1: Yeah, that that our central character. We see the world through our central character's eyes by and large. Yeah. And which turns nothing. out
0: to be man,
1: he he cannot be trusted in the first season and then he can very much not be trusted in the second season, and here's the difference, and here's why this show has just, you know, enough to keep for the winter-sized nuts, right? Like, <laughs> is the first one, we felt like, oh, well, we're, we're superior, because yeah. we've seen Fight Club, and we know that he, this person doesn't exist, and we know that this is, this is what this is, and so then when it's revealed, we're like, oh, we feel good about the fact that he's not telling us the truth. Yeah. In the second season people got angry yeah. people got jump the shark angry but what's the difference is that we weren't superior to him mm-hmm. in the second one he was lying to us mm-hmm. in the second one yeah and that was what to me it's like oh no well i loved the 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 twist this season and the, the further i get away from it the, the more i love the the, twi- pr- the
0: prison twist yeah oh yeah I mean, I—that's I, a really good point. I, the more the more I'm not seeing it, the more I think about it, and the more I think about the Craig, uh, what's his name from The Office? can think of his name. Uh, uh Craig
1: something Robinson. Rob, Craig, Craig Robinson.
0: So- that's it. Uh, what a great turn for him. But anyway, the the entire I just start I really start breaking down that relationship. The more I get away from it, and I think, oh my gosh, they actually took an old trope from every prison movie you've seen, including Shawshank Redemption which is the warden is crooked Yep. and not too many people know about it, but because you have special skills, Andy Dufresne, he, yep. he has special need of you. And because of that, you're going to get special favors, but you're also going to see the underbelly of what's going on. And now you have the power to stop a very bad man from doing very bad things. And now, how about this? Yeah.
1: Is that for a, a show that got all oh, your fight club, all oh, your fight club, all oh, your fight club, oh, then it's like, hey, guess what? We're going to be Shawshank Redemption right down to the fact <laughs> that he's got a black best friend that he meets on the inside. Yeah, like,
0: but, but I, even better than that, but even better than that, they didn't not just even gonna know it. They didn't even. Yeah, we didn't know. First of all, we didn't know we were getting it. And then when we did get it, it's in retrospect. It's all under the bridge. It's happened already. So yeah. we're not forced to go through anything that we think is dubious. And then they're using us in a way. There's that scene where you're checking the room out for clues. All I can think about is that scene now because I, can, I I haven't done it yet, but I want to go back and I want to dig around that room like a like a highlights freaking magazine in a, in a p- pediatrician's office. I just yeah. want to find all the hidden shit because when he said, look around, do you see anything out of place or whatever? He's saying it in the context before the reveal about the prison. Yeah, I want to know what the hell that now I want to know there has to be something in there. That was like, "Oh well, okay, there's your prison pointer, or there's your thing, and what other show has ever asked you to do that, and I mean, literally move the camera around like it's some sort of weird interactive choose your own adventure, and well, not here, had that it, seem stupid or cheesy
1: well here's the reason why uh it, it kind of earns this very special place because normally unreliable narrator stories are terrible yeah. they're bad yeah. uh, they they are they're frustrating because the narrator is it's very often a way to hide crap writing. Yeah. Because you can just say, like, oh, no, the main character is the murderer because I didn't tell you I'm a murderer. Ha-ha, you wasted your time. You Mm -hmm. were looking for clues, and Mm -hmm. here I was the murderer the whole time. Yeah. Suck it, intelligence. Uh, (laughs) They're bad. They're bad stories, by and large. So to be able to do it and do it so effectively, and yet you are cool with the idea that this guy is not put together. Yeah. That he's he's fraying at the edges. And now we know he is out and out lying to us. He is lying to everybody in the show. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But as we find out, phase two is his idea. Yeah. Why is he asking about it?
0: Yeah. And they're all the thing about it, they they did this thing in the first season where there was a um the the very first crime that's committed that he's sort of Batmans is that uh, dude that owns the coffee shop who's got a child porn ring, right? Yeah. And I remember, they had me at the beginning. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where this is going to go. I freaking love it. And then the next episode is all about uh, somebody's cheating on somebody. Oh, it's a psychiatrist. Yeah. And she doesn't know it. So she goes after that. And it's very throwaway. Like, almost like, what the hell was that for? That's like a weird offshoot. Like, it's like, a Coen Brothers moment of like, why, where, why did we go in there? Like, there's, there didn't seem to be any point to it and when you find out that that's the crime he's in prison for yeah then you then your brain goes okay let's go all the way back let me think about everything that's transpired are you telling me every time he met with somebody in his room when his sister would come over or when yeah. angela would come over somebody would come over they were in they were visiting him in prison
1: they were they were never
0: in the room they, they were, were never oh, in the room at the dining room table yeah they were always across from him somehow yeah and then and then the things they'd say, and they'd say it in such a way that they always seemed sadder than they should be. They yeah. always seemed a little bit down, a little bit anxious, a little bit whatever, like you would be talking to a dude in jail who you care about. And, and then that stuff's flooding back to me, like, oh, that's why she was so awkward then, and that's why that conversation didn't make any sense, and that's also why... Later, everybody's like, where, you know, is he okay? Did you see him today? Like, these kinds of questions mean so much more now than One of they my did.
1: favorite moments in that show is in season one, when all of a sudden you have a scene with Angela and his sister. Yeah. But it's the episode where, you re- where, where, where it's revealed that he's brother and sister with, with what's her bud, right? Which, which I
0: did not see coming at all, by the way.
1: But we never saw Angela and her together. Mm-mm. And then all of a sudden they're together and they're like friends. Mm-hmm. They're like shared secrets, remember that time kind of friends. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, I guess, I mean, I guess there's no reason why they wouldn't be friends. Like, did, it, did, I, did I miss something? Is yeah. there something there that I just didn't remember? Yeah. And the next thing you know, you realize that he's your sister and now all this makes a billion times more sense. And you're like, Oh my God. Like they're bringing us along. Like these fractured, they're creating the show is creating these fractured memories that are coming together for us as they are coming together for him. By the way, I, I do want to give a shout out to Scott Mashad in the chat room who mentions the usual suspects as far as great unreliable narrator stories. And that is absolutely.
0: Oh, right. The whole, yeah. The verbal Kent thing. I forgot about that. Um, uh, what, so, okay. So let me ask you a question about that. What do you think of this theory? I've been hearing it going around. Yeah, that Angela and uh, and Darlene might be the same person in the way that uh, what's his name and his dad are the same person. What do you think about that? I don't think that that's because they're never in a room yet that I know of where when they've communicated, they're always sort of alone. They're in the yoga place or they're at that on that couch this season talking about what they're going to do, and or over the phone telling her how to hack them uh, from the inside and get the FBI Trojan horse and all that stuff. They're never in the same place. I mean they they're in the same place but they're never in the yeah, place where Yeah, they
1: were. They were uh uh when they when she uh zapped the lady and put her in the pool. When they were when when she was trying to get uh, uh tested up on the hacking and everything?
0: Yeah. Was Angela the there? Thing. Yeah. Oh, and the rest of them were helping her. Yeah. All right, that gurgles that theory. I I've, I've been hearing that one float around and now you say that uh, that kind of makes it go out the door. Yeah, the show- remember,
1: there's that moment where uh Angela realizes that Darlene's boyfriend is the rapper dude who mm-hmm. gave the uh the 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 disc. Oh right.
0: The look she can give people, I just want to say about Portia Doubleday for a second.
1: Which by the way,
0: a, a name so you
1: would good. make up to call her, right? Yeah, it sounds fake. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Portia Doubleday. It sounds completely fake. In fact, it sounds like Driving your car twice in a day, like it doesn't even sound like a real person person's name. But she is so freaking good in this show. I she's can my most also, compelling. Can we character.
1: also bring up the fact that like this show might have the most objectively beautiful cast, yeah. like in television history, yeah. And yet they kind of constantly show them all like in these like really weird, awful angles and in terrible fluorescent light and everything. But it's like. This is like if you just took all those actors and put them in like a CW show <laughs> where they're all like, you know, amphibian vampires that yeah. also have existed forever. You know, like you'd be like, oh, yeah, no, they're all like insanely like just the angles in their face are just like perfectly gorgeous.
0: Yeah, they're really be- they're beautiful people. They're the kind of people that if they were in a w- a wb show or something i would complain that why always the pretty people can't we you know ugly people up a little bit make it yeah, more I- realistic and yet this show somehow in many ways makes them kind of ugly but not in a just visual way like there's not it's not just like i don't know i don't know how to explain it like there's well, some
1: and, and, and free ranger says an objectively beautiful cast and christian slater yes but Christian Slater was that dude.
0: He's Tiger Beat, man. Fifteen
1: years ago, right? Yeah, he yeah. was like, "Oh no, he'll never be. He'll never be a great actor because he's too pretty."
0: Yeah. Guess what? They were wrong about that. Uh yeah. That's the other thing I wanted to mention. Christian Slater, pretty much, blew my mind in the first episode, and I went, "Whoa, what are we doing here? Where were you all that time? How? Where were you in the Wizard and freaking uh, uh, Broken Arrow and and that one where you just where Morgan Freeman just wanted the money or whatever? Yeah. I don't remember the name of it." But all the hard rain or whatever it was, all bad movies, all kind of okay acting, but never great. Always a Jack Nicholson impression. Yeah. Just couldn't be further from that. And the daring shit they do with that, like, 90s sitcom thing. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, my gosh, dude. I don't even have words for that. Like, I watched that. And I found it to be, that's supposed to be stupid. That's supposed to not work. That's supposed to be a thing a show tries and blows it. That's supposed to be shark jumping stuff, even if you think you're being real artistic or whatever. And they don't blow it at all. It is masterfully handled, uh, incredibly tense. Like the every time that laugh track would go, I go, ugh, this is not real. This isn't real. It's freaking, that's like, now it's all very discordant. Like the sounds of my youth sound weird in this context. And I don't like it. Like, and
1: like, like, like when Alf showed up?
0: Oh my gosh, dude, freaking alphas in this. And that should be stupid. That should be so stupid. It's not stupid. It's it, not I'm, stupid.
1: Really, the most offensive part about that entire thing was that people were telling me it was an 80s sitcom parody when it's very clearly an early 90s sitcom oh, parody. Oh yeah. Totally. Yeah,
0: no, it's like Full House like era. No, it's Family Matters and, yeah, and yeah. step by step and everything. It's TGIF stuff exactly. for sure. Exactly. It's TGIF. Yeah, I I recognize that. But it, but the but the uh the, the the feeling I get with certain characters, like um, what's his name and his weird wife? Can't think of his name all of a sudden. Bad guy, but he might be dead, but we don't know. Um,
1: oh, oh, uh, yeah.
0: What's her name that keeps wants to get choked by all her boyfriends? Yeah. She, <laughs> I don't know what to think of her. She's utterly mesmerizing. She's this mix of, she's like a succubus. She's like this mix of just, Un- unworldly beauty yes and and broken, like
2: I don't even,
1: I no, don't know. Uh, so jo- Joanna Wellick and Ty, uh, Tyrell Wellick are are yeah. the two uh Swedish uh awful people. And listen, this has been a well-worn kind of character, especially in like the golden age of TV, right yeah. the The scheming lady Macbethian uh you know like power behind the throne kind of character is something that we've seen a lot
0: in game of thrones even recently of
1: course i mm-hmm. mean yeah cersei's probably the 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 first among equals there um but oh my god this last episode mm. which i caught up on last week's episode and then realized that at the point that i was watching it it was about to come on live and it was one of the most exciting moments of my life <laughs> uh i uh watched it just two of the best lines in the series. Ooh, do share. The first ten minutes. And one of them was uh who's the who's the big bad, the CEO of 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 E Corp.
0: Oh, oh, that guy. Uh who's got the weird quaver in his voice and he's so perfectly cast. I just wanna I just want to burn his suit and beat the shit out of him. But at the same time, he scares me to death. Uh, like, well, you know. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I've been doing this a long time. And it's not like a weird old man thing. It's like a, I don't know, man.
1: Jeez, it's all delicious. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's pretty good. But he had a line that was pretty good. So he
1: had the line. Where the, the the guy, you know, who is like coming out with the book, The Last Honest Man or whatever. Yeah. And it's like, what is this? Like, why are we pushing the Chinese to own Africa? Yeah. What is this? Like, okay, I get it. We're megalomaniacal power brokers. But, like, this might be a bridge too far even for me. What is the deal? And he just goes into that monologue about, like, like, I have ambitions rivaled only by God making man in his own image.
0: (laughs) It was so good. And I'm
1: like, I'm like, oh, like this is all right. We have made an entire genre of television based on the powerful broken white man chasing the, the
0: impossible legacy dream. Yeah. The God complex. But
1: it's like that performance from that actor In this show, yeah, was just like out of this world, amazing, awesome. And then follows, if not the next scene, the scene after Joanna Wellick talking about the first night that she was with uh, uh, Tyrell, her husband. Yeah, that she sees this pretty, you know, pretty little girl with cubic zirconia earrings (laughs) and tells him. F that lady, and bring me back her
0: earrings.
1: (laughs) Like that is just
2: gangster.
0: It is super gangster. Most
1: gangster things ever said on television. Yeah. By one of the most deplorable people that we have ever met, and is just perfect.
0: Yeah, he's he's mesmerizing to me.
1: Kurt Henning throwing the towel behind his back. Perfect.
0: Yeah. Everything that there's little things in the movie or in the show. I want to say movie because I like it. I like it. It feels like a movie I've been a part of for so long, but there's these little parts played by the, by small actors who just add tapestry to things. Like I'm incredibly fascinated by Trenton. She's the Muslim girl. Yeah. And this very traditional family yet fairly American Muslim in that, you know, we're not talking about full burqas or anything, but yeah, you know, it's it's she's portrayed in a way that is she's some kind of hacker genius. But these family roles still really matter to her. Her religion still very much matters to her. She's not a jaded hacker. She's not Darlene, who's just like nihilistic. We're all going to die. So let's go out in a blaze of glory sort of thing. or
1: or as we're seeing. She's just kind of trying to stay close to and keep up with big brother.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And, and really what when when we think of her as aggressive. Mm-hmm we are allowing ourselves to com- com- compartmentalize Elliot and Mr. Robot. Mm-hmm. She does not have that luxury. Right. She sees him going full bore like all times. Yeah. So when we look at her as aggressive, she's really 70% of what her brother is, <laughs> who she just wants to stay close to.
0: Yeah. And, th- and normally her character type would drive me crazy. That kind of permanently stoned... Uh, whatever, man. Life's just a big whatever. Her her whole vibe is so good in this show. Like it's well, especially I,
1: because that's another one that really. Uh, the more that we talk about it, the more that you kind of realize. Like another reason why this show is just brilliant is that you are taking so many of these so well worn characters, characters mm-hmm. that like to put them all together. You would almost think like, oh god, look at this. It's one <laughs> of these shows where the the main character is kind of crazy but he's brilliant and like Darlene is even kind of like maybe a haircut away from a manic pixie dream girl mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. in a different less articulate show she would just be like no I'm the broken one like <laughs> F you like I'm gonna spill whiskey in your lap and then you know smoke your cigar yeah. uh, like it's like forget keeping up with the boys I am the boys like I'm gonna pee in a urinal yeah. uh, and yet she's Perfect,
0: yeah uh, oh, speaking of ping, can I just say i- I've followed b d Wong's uh career since like law and order, all right? He was a psychologist on law and order he was the guy that would come in and go uh the reason people behave him and him and uh, j k Simmons are both that that kind of character on law and order, and look yeah. at both both those guys went on to do some interesting things. He's the main scientist on Jurassic Park who's like working on the eggs and getting the DNA out of the out of the amber and all that, so he's been around he's done a million things. What the F is this? Like, it is borderline insane and, and brilliant and, like, incredibly pit played. And he is so uncomfortable to, like, listen to. He's He's got this side of him where you feel like we're all going to die at his hands. And on the other side of him, he just wants you to touch the fabric. Just touch the fabric. Like, I don't know what to think of him. I love what they're doing with him. Don't know what to do with him, though.
1: Uh, my only, and oh. I, I, I would not pretend to know or presume to know better than, uh, and let, let's just go ahead and, and, and I don't think we've said his name once, although this is very much his show, Sam Esmail.
0: Yeah, the creator of the show.
1: Who, by the way, this season, wrote and directed every episode. Yeah. You know, I'm sure he had help writing it, but he gets writer credit and directed yep. every
0: G episode have we had this good of like by the way cold opens since when when's the last time our cold the cold opens leading up to credits have been this good can't name it can't think of a show the the only thing
1: i would that i i i I almost didn't want to see white rose again (laughs) like i almost just wanted i wanted just that moment where you're like you've already seen so many crazy things on this show yeah Here's we uh, do our binge watching discussion, and and uh, a Gabe Dextrada in in the chat room had watched a lot of season two before I did, and I was talking to him about it. Yeah, and he was like, "Man, there were times that I was like, I had to ask my friend whether or not I was really watching <laughs> what I was watching or if I was hallucinating." <laughs> like, there's so many just like, and you watch enough of them together, like it's weird, like your life. Gets weird, like as you watch it, and you're like, "Okay, wait, well, all right, is this trying to like?" It's like one of those things where it's like you can hallucinate without drugs if you listen, if you like, uh, you know, uh, close your, you, you tape down your eyes, and mm-hmm. you just listen
0: to sounds, right? I do it with video games. If I play something like World of Warcraft too long, um, you know, hours and hours at a time, that entire night, I all I have to do is shut my eyes, not even be asleep, and I will see, I will see entire scenarios playing out in my vision.
1: But I. I just kind of wanted, like I wanted when BD Wong just shows up in the dress is doing the like husky voice of, you know, just like, I, I, ah, I almost, and here are here. So let's, let's, let's wrap up with this going forward toward the finale. Cause just for posterity purposes, we have not seen the season two finale. No,
0: that comes. So it's a two parter, right? And it's coming out. It's like an hour and a half long total or something, whatever it is. We're getting two, two things on Wednesday night back to back is what my understanding is
1: here's what might be my most my favorite part about this show okay is that low-key this show might end with the world being the hunger game
0: <laughs> well they you know what that slow decay is really interesting like isn't we're, it?
1: we're on that track yeah, yeah. It's like wait a minute we looked at this initially as this like commentary on modern culture and consumerism and Mm -hmm. hacking and personal responsibility. This might be blade runner by the end of it. Yeah. Like we're just going (laughs) into this post-apocalyptic world where it's like, this is what happens when society dies. And, and the idea that, Hey, F society might not have done the world a favor. F society might not have done the world a better job. And that E Corp might be as evil as everybody thinks. And yet, is it, was it better? Ultimately, did the only thing that F-Society do destroy the government that was keeping E-Corp in check and now that E-Corp can just control payments on everything and we have uh, uh, you know, put all these other uh, you know, ways of getting money out of business, is, is E-Corp more powerful than it ever has been before because it has stepped into the chaos?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and they're worried now because if the, the way I see the show going, that slow erosion of society is bad for them in the end. Like that's, If there's anything about the show you could point out and go, well, this is, this is kind of a weird end for this. Because at the end of the day, that's not sustainable. They, their control and their amount of control will only lead to a quicker decay because there's nobody out there giving them money. So what's the point of having all the money when you can't get any more of it? Who are you? What do you do? What is what is life like? Where where does where does one where does one mega corporation having every dime get them ultimately? And the answer is nowhere, and yeah. that's really interesting to me. Like exploring that is interesting to me, um, and exploring the idea of not a sudden cave in, not. You know, there's this, what is it, 5-7 is the date? 5-9, whatever it is? Yeah, 5-9, yeah. Yeah, so 5-9 is the date. That was a big deal. Lots of uh, aftermath, lots of sort of stuff came in its wake. But that wasn't the end. That was almost like this weird beginning. And every episode, you just see a little bit more, a little bit more. There are people who are enterprising people who need to eat. So what are they doing? They're trading food for burning trash on the street because there are no waste disposal systems because there's no budget because but then there are people still at bars and that restaurant's still open and this other thing's happening. So you kind of see life trying to continue and in other places, seeing it kind of fall apart. And that slow erosion is the most terrifying thing about the show. Like for me, like that, that scares the hell out of me. Like sudden earthquake style, like boom, everything's ruined. I can live with that (laughs) for some reason. But yeah. what I don't like is this like slow starvation of the human soul. Like this long drawn out thing. And this show is this show's having a lot of fun playing with that. And they're doing it in a way that's very subversive and behind the scenes. So I don't even you don't even feel like it's being shoved down your throat. It's just sort of happening. And I don't know where they're gonna go. I, maybe that's my favorite thing. I don't know week to week what the hell's happening. And I I love every second of it and I'm and I'm not ever disappointed and I can't wait for it to see what's next, but it's not like I have any predictions for this finale. I have nothing. None. Yeah. Do you? Do you know where this is going to go?
1: No idea. And I wouldn't even presume. Like, I, 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 if, if Tyrell's dead or alive, I'm excited. Uh, let me just say this. It's hard to step into a show like this as a new character and knock it out of the park as much as uh, the, the FBI agent uh, played by Grace Gummer. She's great. Mike DiPero uh, has been. She is uh, amazing. By the way, his... Name as an actor is Michael Christopher. It is Philip Price, <laughs> that, uh, CEO of E-Corp. Uh, and, and then, of course, just to give the shout out, uh, Rami Malik, uh, What can you say? Yeah. What can you say?
0: No, he's the. we haven't even really talked about him yet. I feel like our not talking about him actually says more about how pivotal and important and how blended he is for this. Like, he's just he's he's everything for the show. And he's so good. Speaking yeah. of Gilmore Girls, his very first acting job was an episode of Gilmore Girls. It's pretty funny. But anyway, I remember seeing this guy in the Pacific, HBO's Pacific miniseries. Yeah. Uh, about the war in the Pacific. And I remember thinking, and he was this kind of jacked up, kind of messed up soldier. He'd seen a lot of stuff uh, in the war with Japan. And he was real dark and, and strange. And I remember at the time going, I don't know who this is, but we're not done with this guy. And I don't know when that's going to happen. And I don't know when his ship comes in, but something's waiting for him out there. No idea it'd be this. No idea he'd be this good.
1: You want to know what's funny? Is that so now on USA, because I watched this episode live. Yeah. They got the rights to the, the movie Need for Speed. Oh, shit. Which he is in. Oh, he's in that? He's in it, right? <laughs> uh, But they just show... The like, I'm sure it's he, I'm sure he's in like five scenes, yeah. right? Because he seems to be like just one of the team.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But they show like almost the like all the best parts of his five scenes in the movie and pretend like he is the star of it because he's the Hollywood it boy right now, or at least we're watching Mr. Robot on USA. But what's hilarious is that Need for Speed was the first big movie role for not the current. TV It Boy, Rami Malik, but rather the TV It Boy from five years ago, Aaron Paul.
0: <laughs> yeah, kind of goes that way sometimes. I don't know. Aaron Paul's got some cool stuff coming up. And oh, I like.
1: Listen, don't weep for Aaron Paul. Yeah. He's got a great career. He's going to continue to have a yeah, career.
0: Yeah, Idaho, bo- Idaho boy did fine. He did just no, fine. No,
1: he's fine. And yeah. Rami Malik is amazing. That dude.
0: That uh, guy's amazing. Uh, he's incredible. He also is, what, 32? And he plays like, he looks 12. I don't know how the guy does it. It's just he is
1: 35.
0: 35, yeah. He's older than me. He doesn't look 35. Not that, you know, who cares about age, but the guy's got a look that is eternal. He's got these crazy eyes. He's got He's got a subtlety to him. He's
1: got Steve Buscemi eyes. That's the fact. <laughs> he's he's kinda, got those just they're just they're they're surrounded by eye skin.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Right, like
1: just it's 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 just big plumper Rooney right around. Well,
0: after so I think that the way we should handle this is because I because we like this so much, we'll have a normal show next Monday, yeah, up up until about halfway, (laughs) and then I want to talk about whatever this finale is going to be. Um, so I hope people come back for that. I hope so too. It's so good, you guys. Like it's so. Listen, two things to know up front: it's not for the kids. Uh, depends on how old the kids are, but I don't think it's for kids, obviously.
1: A lot of,
0: um, lot, of lot of weird sex stuff. A lot of weird sex stuff. A lot of cussing, if you're opposed to that. A lot, a lot, of, a lot um, of
1: very casual drug use.
0: Yeah. I didn't know not, USA could do that stuff. I didn't know they could swear like this. I didn't know they could.
1: And not, and not like a couple characters smoke pot and laugh. Oh, like, no. and a casual drug use. Like, no. like so a character casually using heroin.
0: <laughs> yeah, big time. And also, if you want to see a guy get a needle shoved up his finger and then broken off at the hilt. Boy, do I have a show for you. If you want to watch somebody dig through their own vomit, (laughs) yeah, uh, I got a show for you. Like those were really hard moments. Oh, there's
1: definitely the 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 knife in the ass from Joey Badass. Oh
0: gosh, I forgot about that, dude. That whole twist. Oh my gosh.
1: Well, which is funny because you watch that and you're like, okay, is this a little too far? Like this is kind of weird that all of a sudden there's like this guy's great at stabbing. It was the
0: one point though where it went okay. That's kind of when he turned around and said, all right, I need to come clean like they, they're good at that. They knew that that would seem in a vacuum too far, but it's I not in the context. You
1: know, those people were so sh- shitty at basketball.
0: <laughs> and wait, is the dog significant? I'm still trying to figure out if uh, Craig Robinson's dog means something outside of just being a dog. No, I think he was just a dog. Was he taking the dog out to the game on the on the yard?
1: And yeah, no, because he can, because he's the most powerful person there, which is why everybody was leaving him alone, which is why he never talked to anybody, like he was just there to talk to, uh, just there to talk to Elliot.
0: They made They've they've made it. They've cleared the way for me to go watch the season over again, (laughs) because I I must know now. I must know all the little details of things I missed. It's kind of like Sixth Sense. That was much. uh, Let me tell you something. If you thought Sixth Sense was blowing your mind at the end. That is like a cartoon compared to this. And it's happening, I would say there are six sense like moments of euphoria. Well, I multiple mean, listen, times an episode. It's so good.
1: They also, I mean, the show is very evocative of other works, and I don't think they run from it.
0: You know, they there there's an
1: episode in the first season that is very much a Requiem for a Dream inspired episode. Oh yeah. And then they have uh uh, uh what's his name? Uh Keith David. Mm-hmm. Uh, a voice, a goldfish, mm-hmm. right? Just in case you're like, they're like, no, no, no. We know we're doing requiem for a dream. Yeah. Like, like freaking Keith David. Yeah, and we're gonna put Keith David in it so you know that we're doing requiem for a dream. Yeah, There's a point in which they reveal Mr. Robot definitively to be uh, a, a an imaginary friend of Elliot. Yeah, very evocative of Fight Club. Yep. They play the Pixies because they're like, yeah, idiot. We're doing Fight Club. <laughs>
0: No, they, yeah, they run into it. They don't run from it at like all. Like, if,
1: if, they, if they were to do a Sixth Sense reveal, they would have Haley Joel Osmond mm-hmm. like play a 7 Eleven guy. Yeah. They
0: and it feels, like- it feels like they're not just leaning into it in terms of their inspiration, it feels like they're leaning into it in a way that's very subversive. And that I'm supposed to learn from something from the idea that they're leaning into it. I'm supposed to learn that they somehow got Alf on the damn thing. I'm supposed to learn that that was very fight clubby. Uh, you know, like I'm supposed to, on there's some, yeah, there's, some, there's, something, there's something going on with them. I don't mean some hidden plot point. I just mean they're like just throwing it at me and saying, go dude, here it is, go. Like not, ah, we got a good idea from this one show, so we decided to try our own version. It's not like that. No. It's different and special and weird and I can't believe, I've never been so grateful for a shit network in my life. I can't believe this got, the rumor is it got turned down by a bunch of other networks, including HBO. I cannot believe nobody wanted this. This must have been the most compelling thing on paper. Uh, I'm just glad it exists. I mean,
1: USA, it's got my three favorite shows, Mr. Robot, Monday Night Raw, and Smackdown Live. Uh, I not be. It's like they made a network just for me. Just
0: for Justin. The Justin Network. The JTN (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, I think that'll round it up for us today. Thank you guys for listening. Um, As you can tell, we're pretty jazzed about that show. Um, Hopefully you enjoyed listening to us geek out about it. And we'll talk more about it next week, along with another main topic for your phone calls. Uh, Do remember to keep on hand our phone number. The live number is 801-895-4724. Put it in your phones and save it. Uh, Thanks to all those who called in today. Uh, Find us on Twitter, Hotline Monday, Justin R. Young and Scott Johnson. And if you'd like to leave us an email, you can, hotlinemonday at gmail.com. It's going to do it. Justin, any final thoughts or words? Uh, no. All right, then. On that note, we're going now. Everyone, have a great week. We'll see you next week for Hotline Monday.